Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode 202 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couch Town Coffee. Couch Town Coffee's roasted right here in Iowa. That's right, it's local. It's one of my favorite coffees I've ever had. I drink it pretty much every single morning, and all you gotta do is go to couchtowncoffee.com, find a coffee you like, make an order, and when you do, they'll ship it directly to your house. You know what else is cool? You can tell them how you want it roasted, you can pick out what kind of coffee you want, and not only that, if you tell them Audible Farm sent you, they'll give you 20% off. It doesn't get much better than that. It's pretty cool. Made by a musician who's local to Iowa, uh, roasts it all, and ships it directly to your house. That's sweet. So thanks, Andrew, at Couchtown. You guys got to check it out. Go to CouchtownCoffee.com. This episode, I'm sitting down with Sarah Middleton. Sarah Middleton recently opened up her own art gallery in Eagle Grove, and it is called Studio Soul Gallery and Creative Space. It is uh, actually a really nice little building. Downtown Eagle Grove is getting fixed up. It's looking really good these days. Another one of those small town Iowa type places, but holy moly. I actually really, really enjoy kind of going to the smaller towns and seeing what they have to offer, because a lot of them are similar, but... each one kind of takes on their own personality, and it's really fun to, to have a, a downtown space like that. You know, they've got all sorts of fun stuff down there to do, and this is going to be no different. It's a space where you can make art, where you can display art. Uh, art is for sale there. Uh, we talk about all that in the upcoming episode. Uh, opening up the art space, why she got into art, uh, what else she plans to do with the space, all sorts of good stuff. It's a really, really fun time. I had a really good time sitting down talking with Sarah I'd met her in the past at a couple shows, and uh, it's kind of fun how it all came full circle, and uh, she came on the podcast. So, hope you guys enjoy this one. It is episode number 202 with Sarah Middleton of Studio Soul Gallery and Creative Space. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. Oh, that's fun. I'm sitting down today talking with Sarah Middleton. I've actually met you before. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of a fun story. So I played with the Pork Tornadoes with Jesse Wilson. They came to Eagle Grove, uh, not this year, 2022, but it was 2021. Yep. And uh, when they came that year, we ended up opening up for them. I met you because you were kind of uh, helping out with the event. I don't know if you were coordinating it or yeah, something. Yeah, I was but Chamber of Commerce Director. There you go. So, yeah, you were. Uh, I, I knew you were somebody that, because you were like, if you need anything, just come talk to me or whatever. And I met your husband then, too. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, one of those fun times where it's like, these people are really great people, you know. And uh, come to find out, you guys actually have some ties to, like, you know, music and art in some fashion, not just, you know hiring bands and bringing them into your town. So right. uh, I'm here actually to talk to you about a studio you opened up recently in Eagle Grove called Studio Soul. And uh, what you have here is a place for artists. And uh, I want to let you kind of discuss it because you'll probably be able to describe it better than I will. <laughs> okay. So um, again, thanks for coming. Yes. Um, studio Soul is, I came to art very late um, in life. I didn't pick up any sort of medium until I was 40, 
41 was when I started taking pictures, 42, I'm now 47. And so through that process of it just sort of coming to me, like I worried I had a head injury or something that just means, you know how sometimes people will, something will happen to them and then something comes to them, like they can speak language all of a sudden that they couldn't yeah. before. Yep. So supposedly that was actually how Roseanne Barr became a comedian. Like oh. she was like super reserved and then got in a car accident and, oh, no. and hit her head and then just became really outspoken after that. <laughs> she might want to consider doing that again. Oh, you reverse it all backwards. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, Anywho. so let me, let me just, I just, was there anything that did happen where you just like, I'm going to try this out or it was just like, somebody else can do this. Why can't I do this? Or you were just flinging paint around on something once and like, that actually looks good. What can I do with this? Or like, how did this all, cause you say you don't know. But yeah. Like, I, I really don't. What was the first thing that you did then? Um, I was living in Sacramento, California and, um, I, you know, it's very expensive to live there. And so I was living in a not so great neighborhood, concrete everywhere as an Iowa transplant. I lived here. I've bounced back and forth between the two places my whole life. So anywho, I was walking my dog around my concrete laden neighborhood and it was oppressively hot and there was no green anywhere. And I started to get really depressed and homesick. Um, but I told myself when I moved back out there that you were born there, give it five years to become home. And if it doesn't become home, then you can go back to Iowa. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't ready to leave. So I was walking around and I don't know what happened, but I started noticing um, kind of the play between um, textures and angles and things like that in built environment. Mm -hmm. And I started taking pictures of it and I'd get home and I'd be like, I mean, yeah, the lines are cool, but whatever. And so I started messing with them, editing them and changing them. Um, if I did it well into kind of abstract art pieces and mm -hmm. my, my mind knew what I wanted and, um, they turned out pretty cool. People liked them. And so I did that exclusively for about a year or so, year and a half. Um, after I moved back to Iowa, which was in summer of 2017, um, it got to be fall, late fall, winter. And, you know, I lived, um, out at Lake Cornelia. And so there wasn't, which is outside of Clarion and I wasn't able to be outside. And so I was kind of getting a little bored and I just happened to be walking around an art and craft store and, uh, walked by some oil pastels and I thought they're like fancy crayons. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. why not start with crayons? And so, um, I did and, um, just started drawing and did that for, uh, six months or so and then decided well why not just see what happens with paint so I grabbed some acrylics and just started painting and um, just I don't know just kind of fell into place over two years but right away mm -hmm. kind of thing um, so yeah nothing really catastrophic happened it just so happened that I was bummed out by living in a big city in California and so I started doing stuff to make my mind see beauty that I wasn't finding otherwise I'm, I'm like intrigued by the changing the architectural structures to your own artwork. So it makes me think about first and foremost, when we were growing up, uh, I guess when we, we being me and whoever my peers were, whatever, mm -hmm. when we were in school, one of the things we had was we had an art teacher that like every year would take like a concept in art and just kind of apply it generally to like what we were doing. And like mm -hmm. when you're a kid, you're just like, you don't see what's going on. But like the one thing he had one year was like a depth perception thing so like what you would do is you would like draw a horizon a point on the horizon put your 
streets down there and then put it like at a street angle how would the buildings look and what would the angles be and how would they would change based on like what how far down the streets they are and things like that so that kind of makes mm-hmm. me think about like you looking at the angles of buildings and structures and things like that and changing them mm-hmm. were you like taking photos or were you making sketches and changing them or were you like using photoshop or how was all this getting done i was just taking photos and i wasn't so much changing the angles as like the colors and what would happen with the light um for example i've got this one where it's um a rusty mailbox and I just took a picture of it, thought, well, the rust looks cool. And then just through, like, Instagram filters, to be honest, started editing where the colors would pop through. And so oh, I'd yeah. apply a filter to it and then edit the, you know, the kind of the do the edit sec- section of it where, you know, you can change the contrast and the light and the clarity and all of that. And just mess with it, just jacked with it until it looked cool um, or until I ruined it and then started over again. Yeah. But um, So it wasn't so much changing what I had taken a photo of, it just changing the appearance of it. Um, for example, over on this wall over here, you've got um, over at the back, it's a picture, a, kind of a rainbow picture that looks like grass. That's just mm-hmm. pompa, pompous grass out at Lake Cornelia. And then it just so happened that I edited the light and it turned into Whoa. this whole prism. That went through. That's crazy. Yeah. That looks like a painting somebody could right? like would have made. That's, yeah. That's really wild. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So that's the kind of photography I do. So when people call me a photographer, I'm like, eh, but am I? I don't know. I mean, yeah, you got to take the picture first. Sh- sure. You know, without something to edit, you can't edit anything. True. If that makes sense. You yeah. Know? True. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm totally in on that, like editing style, because I... I do like super minor Photoshop work and people like, can you like cut my face off and put it on here? It's like, I mean, yeah, it'll look like somebody Photoshopped it, but I can do it, you know? Um, So I can do that kind of stuff, but that's actually like what my photo on Facebook is. I like uh, send it through like a few different programs, filters before finally like editing it down and only like allowing yellow colors to come through. Mm -hmm. And then that's what like my picture is. So it's, it's, uh, it's kind of fun how it all works out when you do that kind of stuff and uh, the steps it takes to get there. I am totally in on that kind of editing style Mm -hmm. because I mean, honestly, that's all that like Instagram is like 98% of the pictures. It's just like, you can't make this picture look good. Anyways, most of the people aren't even using in Instagram filters or using different apps to like slap filters on before finally sending it into, you know, but like, let's also like laugh a little bit about over applying filters because like, (laughs) I mean, let's just use if I'm sure anybody that's listening to this probably has me on Facebook, go click on it and like, look at how like high the definition is in certain areas and low it is in other areas like my arm hair is like insanely has like all this definition in the picture but it's like mega blurry like halfway up my arm it's like this is really funny so Mm -hmm. over applying filters you can kind of wreck things though too absolutely and uh that's like with any art you can overdo it and then you have to start over oh yeah i did I guess I didn't there's such a parallel there because like like you said if you have one extra brush stroke you've ruined a painting yep yep the good news is with paint um i use acrylic because i'm impatient oil just takes way too long i use acrylic because when i do that and i do um and it ends up you know and then i get all cranky and i make it i overwork it to the point where it's just like a big glob of brown oh yeah oh no yeah but the good news is you let it dry and then it's texture underneath the next thing that you paint oh yeah and so it's this really forgiving way to still mess up you yeah. know, yeah, it makes um, sense. yeah, I mean, it just makes the, the, it's an underpainting now, mm-hmm. which every good artist will tell you, you need to build the underpainting first in order to have depth and texture and all of that in the finished piece. Yeah. So it's just so happens that sometimes you do that by fucking up a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a thing. And it's really interesting to hear how you were talking about how you went from taking photos to, uh, using 
pretty much basically you're just like these are just crayons you know but like I never would have thought about that because I guess as an artist like I'm not necessarily like a physical artist like Mm -hmm. I I was a kid that grew up and did doodles and things like that but that's about all the better I got with anything like once it's once it was like uh, use crayons it wasn't as good or like use colored pencils like not as good or like shading not as good and I'm sure it's like anything else you practice and get good with it but mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out what the next medium of up from a pencil was you mm-hmm. know and I never took any art classes to develop the skills but it always blows my mind that people figure out a way to travel from like one medium to the next and not everybody takes the same paths for like all the same reasons yeah. so like do you I mean like you said these are basically crayons and everyone's used crayons. So like, that's the obvious next step that like should have been there. But like, what, what made you think like paint was the next one? I mean, it's like, it's paint seems like the obvious one that mm-hmm. everyone would just want to choose. Just yeah. pick up a paintbrush and just paint, yeah. you know, but I couldn't really tell you. Um, I was, I was drawing and, um, I like oil pastels cause you can, you can blend them and, okay. um, and, but, Oh, I do actually know now because they never really dry. Anything with oil takes forever to dry, and it's still, like, oil pastels are still going to be movable. And so I was looking for something to give my mom for Mother's Day, um, and I thought, okay, well, if I draw this, it's going to be, you know, I could mess up things. It could bleed. It could move. It could not be as good for as long. And so I ended up just grabbing the acrylics and painting a – Troy had given me, my husband had given me – flowers and I just drew a giant or I painted actually I may have started with oil pastels and then painted on top which is interesting you're not supposed to do that but (laughs) anyway um so I just was like I wanted something for my mom's wall and so um I got the acrylics and made a rendition of the flower and of the bouquet of flowers and that's kind of it. I don't really have, I just kind of careen into art. Um, I have no training. I never took an art class. I don't know the right th- way to do things. And I'd had this conversation with this art supply store owner um, in Mainframe Studios in Des Moines. Um, the, the block, DSM is what the art, st- uh, art supply store is called. And I was having this long conversation with him. He was dropping all kinds of knowledge on me um, about this that I was about to open. And he said, you know, Sometimes it's good to not know the right way. You can innovate when you don't know the right way. You don't have the chains of, well, I was told it was supposed to be this way. I don't know how it's supposed to be. Yep. And so I think there's freedom in that. Um, you don't have to know, you know, and that, that's one of the, that's why my whole tagline here is art is for everyone, because I don't think you have to have had formal training or had an art class. You can just careen into things. And in, in a way, it's even more freeing and it becomes kind of therapeutic and I want that for everyone because it's really really helped me you know yeah I mean that's where I actually this is as odd as it sounds I was having this conversation with somebody last night where like I've painted guitars and yeah some of them look okay yeah I get it they're cool they're fun but the majority of what my paint paint style is literally anyone could do it and I'm not saying like anyone can do it you just go out and do it and but literally anyone can do it Mm -hmm. It's, it's no different than like I look at like certain types of I don't know, we were talking earlier about those like sip and paint type things. And mm-hmm. there's so many of those that are set up in a fashion where anyone can do it. Right. Uh, a good one would be like uh, pour over, which is like a big thing now. So it, it's so easy that like literally anyone can do it and there's no wrong way to do it. So there's right. so there's that. And I'm like doing hydro dipping, which is just oh, like sure. no wrong way to do that, you know. And I have 
some control over it, but not a ton. So you're kind of just at the whim of what comes out. And mm-hmm. that's also art. Mm-hmm. And I consider to myself, like, that's that's not art. Like, what I'm doing is not art because anyone can do this and nature takes its. But that's kind of what art is anyways. So yeah. that is, I guess, what you're kind of leaning into is, like, there's so many different forms of art you can make that, like, literally will come out looking good. And mm-hmm. you, you could take this home, hang it on your wallet, will look good and things like that. Yep. And it could be for anyone and everyone, for that matter. I mean... Have you thought about doing some sort of like uh, get together paint in here kind of deal? Because we are, I mean, we are sitting Mm -hmm. in the studio for everyone Mm -hmm. watching on Patreon. Um, Yeah. So I started doing paint and sips, but as we we were talking about before we got started here today, they're not kind of your traditional paint and sips. Um, They're not. Um, you, you paint a leprechaun and then you put it up for because it's 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 around oh. you know it's around St. Patrick's Day and so you put it up on your wall yep. for St. Patrick's Day and then the rest of the year it goes back in the closet with your St. Patrick's Day stuff. I guess I understand the marketing concept of doing something like that because yeah. it's just like you know St. Patrick's Day is halfway through March so the first half of March you mm-hmm. have people come in and paint a leprechaun you can right. hang it up. I guess I understand the marketing concept of it. Right. But. I also understand your concept where it's like, yeah, you painted this thing, but now it's going to go in the back of your closet. Right, Maybe right. never to come back out. Right, exactly. You know, I've, I've had some conversations with people who are like, it was so fun. The process was so fun. And that's why they do it is the process Ooh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. creating. Um, and so it's like, okay, well, that's not really my style. You know, um, I'm not even sure I could paint a leprechaun, to be honest. I mean, I might be able to stumble into it. But my style is more, um, let's do... A super simple brush stroke, like that's the class I'm having today, is a super simple brush stroke painting that you'll get a grouping of four, you can pick the colors, you can frame them up, they can be on your wall, you know, home decor kind of stuff Mm -hmm. as a paint and sip, because then at least it might not be high art, but probably the leprechaun isn't either, so. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is like. And beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Who knows? Like, maybe you're going to paint a leprechaun and hang it up over your mantle. It's going to be there Love forever. forever. Yep. You know, it could be a thing or whatever. But, like, this could also be a thing, too, where you can hang it up over your mantle and uh, it does not matter the season. Like, someone's not yeah. going to come in in the wintertime and be like, that's not Christmassy yeah. or, like, what, you know, right? something. But right. I guess, you. Could, I mean, if you were looking for something seasonal, you could also come in and pick the colors that you want mm-hmm. to make it seasonal. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey. Yep. And, and, you know, I, I am offering a, um, a class in a couple weeks that is a, kind of an abstract grove of trees with a metallic. You might be able to see it. It might be shining there in the background. Abstract kind of grove of trees oh, with cool. metallic yeah, 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 leaves yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and things like that. That's going to be one of my paint and sip classes. I'm going to lean back. It's in between the chairs. But, yeah, that's, that's a cool one. Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff I'm kind of looking for toward is um, how can I have people make things that are feel more like what you would go and please you know if you do okay but try try not to go and buy mass-produced art at other places because there's people who are making it for um, just about the same price that you can actually feel something and see brush strokes okay anywho um, but I just thought what if someone what if I could help someone make something that felt more like art to them uh yeah you were talking mass-produced art and i totally get it so like it wasn't until like i have a few friends who are artists and it wasn't until they started doing like art shows and putting on their own art shows and things like that mm-hmm. shout out kelsey, kelsey magnolia uh but yeah uh two broke for the arts fest <laughs> uh but yeah like it wasn't until i started going to some of those and i realized like oh there's people here that have things that are like affordable it's not mm-hmm. like you go up and it's like this painting's twenty thousand dollars it's like that's i mean right. sh- 
depending on who the artist is and what they value their stuff at and how much stuff mm-hmm. they sold, et cetera. But like, you know, you could run into something that's like a big painting for a hundred to 500 bucks. It's like relatively affordable. You can hang it in your, in your house. It'll mm-hmm. stay there forever. It looks great. You got it from somebody local and that's so much better than just like going on eBay and buying it from some random person mm-hmm. that you don't know and will never have a connection to. Right. I mean, it's, it's so much better than going to Walmart and buying a poster of something, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know. Does Walmart still sell posters? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been to a Walmart forever. Yeah, but, but like Hobby Lobby. and There you go. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, that's a, that's a great example. Go to Hobby Lobby and buy something for 60 bucks, you know, yeah. when it's not half off or maybe when it is half off. Just wait a week. Oh, it'll be half yeah, off. It'll be half off. <laughs> the old Hobby Lobby trick. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense. Cause when I started going to some of these, it was just like, I would actually start buying art and just giving it to people that I knew, like, this reminds me of something this person would like, I'm going to buy it and I'm just going to give it to them. Awesome. And then, you know, I won't feel guilty for buying something and maybe not hanging it in my house, but I gave it to somebody else. So like art as a gift was always something that I viewed as, uh, such a viable option. And I know it seems kind of weird to some people who are like, you buy somebody a painting. It's like, yeah, I bought somebody a painting. Yeah. Like, what why a not? Great idea. Why not? Yeah. Who? Who else is buying paintings for people? I don't know. But, right, right. Well, but there should be more of that. But it's so cool that you're giving people the ability to maybe uh, not just like buy this from somebody local, but you have the ability to come in here and make it yourself, mm-hmm. which is uh, – it's it's mind-blowing because I feel like a lot of people are on my plane of thought, like I said earlier, that where I feel – I don't necessarily feel like an artist, mm-hmm. but everyone kind of can be an artist. And I've, you know, I've yeah. seen it. You're proving it with a place like this. So it's – it's such an interesting concept that I feel like will yield such good results for the people that come in and actually like, you know, do it. Yeah, I, I sure hope so. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah, the idea behind this place is to have a place where people who consider themselves artists or creatives or makers of some way, where they can display, sell, connect with each other, um, you know, have events, um, teach classes, you know, really express their own creativity. But then people who don't consider themselves creative can come and learn and experience and buy. And it's really intended to be for everyone. So that um, if you don't know much about art, but want to learn, if you know a ton about art, but want to share it, if you want to sell your paintings, it's just, it's designed to be for everyone at Mm -hmm. any level of appreciation or knowledge or making of creative stuff. That makes sense too. I mean, I guess I never even thought about having classes, but there could be somebody around town that's like, or, you know, around the area that's like, this person is the person that's the best with like pencil work and shading and stuff like that. And they could could just come in and show you what they're doing. That makes their stuff look so good. And maybe you can apply some of it into whatever you're doing, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, or any other medium or whatever, like yeah. watercolor or whatever. Yeah. It might macrame. I mean, literally, Ooh, yeah, I am I have a friend who I want to come in and teach a macrame class. I, I love that you said that because, I mean, there's people that are like, you know, macrame, like, what's so great about macrame? And it's like, but it's such a, I never thought of it as art, but it's totally art. You yeah. know, there's there's crochet work behind me. I mean, you can't see it on the camera, but it's it's back there. You know, mm-hmm. that's art. Yeah. I, I. I don't know. It just blows my... I never even thought about that being art, but it's like, yeah, it's totally art because you have to like make this thing out of nothing. Yeah. And you know, the way I do macrame is literally just function. Hold my plant, please. Like, that's uh, what yep. I want. But there are people who make these elaborate wall hangings. Oh, yeah. That, you know, they make trees. They make, um, I mean, just incredible stuff. And it's literally just a series of knots. Mm-hmm. But the way they put those knots together, it becomes art. Like I said, my macrame is functional. I'm not going to teach that. If mm-hmm. someone wants to throw together a 15-minute planter, I got you. But 
I want I want that stuff where you know you've got this wall hanging behind you that is incredibly detailed and you know a tree of life on a um, you know a, a wall hanging or something like that and um, I think it becomes art and I think really if you're passionate and it brings you a creative outlet and joy hell yeah it's art why yeah, not absolutely so I mean I, it's just so mind blowing because I've once you start opening up to this, there's so much that is that is actually art in some capacity or another. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like you were talking about, you know, uh, I don't know if this was probably before the podcast, too. But you were talking about, like, people having, like, flashes of genius, you know, mm-hmm. and then maybe or maybe not sticking around. And yep. I, I feel like that's kind of a parallel to this, too, where yeah. people innovate by accident or things like that. And, like, that's art. Or, like, people – I'm thinking, like, all the way down the line to, like, people that design cars. Well, like, cars are art, you know. Yeah. or like, But the engineers that design – you know, the things that go into the cars that make it work, you know, engines and stuff like that's that's art. So, mm-hmm. like, you, you could open it up to, like, anything could actually be artistic in some capacity or another. But mm-hmm. it, it blows my mind that I, like, I don't know why. I, f- I mean, Colin, if you feel the same way, but I, I often overlook certain forms of art because in my brain it's just, like, art is, like, a painting on the wall, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that's where my brain goes. But, like, if you go to any sort of, like, public art, which this is another mind-blowing thing because it's mm-hmm. a whole different concept of art with mediums we haven't talked about but like the only art that's out in public like if you're walking around chicago there's not there's not like paintings like nailed to the outside of walls mm-hmm. on buildings there's sculptures, sculptures. Yep. which is a completely different type of art that is something that yeah. uh yeah. i don't I, I don't even know if i could make a sculpture <laughs> like i think i think anybody could make a sculpture it's just whether it looks like what you were intending or it you know it stands up like it's supposed to or what you know does what it's supposed to be to do but back to what you were saying I really think that if it's beyond functional you you know it's there's something to it that's not just for function then it's then it can be considered art or at least artistic or creative mm-hmm. artisan people make soap beautiful soap you know and um, you hate to use it almost but you know so it's it, it, it's a creative outlet but um, it's also functional mm-hmm. you know I think if you make something purely for function and you do not care how it looks maybe not art although maybe I don't know yeah, I guess like in the engineering concept of it all, there's yes. probably some artwork in right. there. You know, it's like, a slippery slope, yeah. and you decide for yourself where your slope ends. Yeah, you engineers know? are like, this person just made the best, you know, two action lever pull ever, you know, or some yeah. whatever. But. Right, and they get all excited about it. I know. I apologize. That's cool. It, I think it's just it's, the one it's fly. One. It's it one. It's one, and it is persistent. Yes. Yeah, I sprayed peppermint around the um, sides of the building yesterday for fly control and this one it's just like it got stuck in the middle yeah and it's pissed it's pissed i got nowhere to land so i'm gonna land on you yep it's trying to get out and it's like oh there's a wall of peppermint there and it goes the other side like up wall of peppermint yeah you bet yeah so we're in a waiting game with this fly um but yeah no i think that um and to be honest in a small town I couldn't really, even if I wanted to, which I don't, I, I'm not going to open up a cold, uh, dry, you know, professional, like what you think of as an art gallery. Yeah, all the walls are white. Sterile. There's like six things hanging on the wall. Yeah. You know, somebody's got a, a, a pack of bananas on a pedestal and they want to <laughs> sell it for $40,000 because it's art. I mean, hey. Hey, it is art. Whatever. Did you think of the pack of bananas I, on a pedestal? I did, I did, did not. not. No. I heard something recently that there was like... 
someplace there was an art exhibit and some one of the artists that was there when they were setting up flung a McDonald's pickle on the ceiling. And, and, it, and it stayed there. And now it's like art because it's been left there for so long. And they're going to like cut out the ceiling tile and sell this pickle that's been stuck to the ceiling in an art gallery. Because it was stuck up there by an artist and now it's art. <laughs> but I guess it's like... That, that pickle's probably still good. That's that super weird like avant-garde art. Like what are your thoughts on that? Because I mean mm. there's so many weird things like... I mean, yet uh, Banksy, you know, like a hidden artist that does all this weird stuff and yeah. sometimes destroys his own art just because it's funny, you know, or like whatever. The, the banana one was an actual thing, and I mm -hmm. think the artist went up and started eating the bananas as like, part of the installation. Yes, yeah, right. And so it was like one of those. And I think people tried to stop him, and he was just like, "I'm the I'm the artist. I'm like, the artist. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm eat do these the, I'm doing what I want with this or whatever." But like. Uh, I'm Banksy. I'm going to sell this for incredibly expensive, and then it'll shred itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah when, oh, it's so wild. That was such a crazy one. But I like also heard of like people like here's like a giant like multi foot by multi foot painting that's just like this crazy artwork and stuff. And then we're just going to paint over it with white until you can't see anything, and it's underneath there. And now we're going to sell this for a bazillion dollars. Oh wow! And it's like so. There's like weird stuff like yeah. that where like what's your take on some of that? Because there is. I mean, it's almost like conceptual performance art more than it is like yeah. an actual thing you can hang. Yeah. But. Yeah. You know, is it my thing? Probably not. Probably not. But um, is it valid? Sure. I mean, if there's someone out there who it speaks to on some level that maybe you and I don't get, maybe the eating bananas is like, you know, you, you have this deep reaction because consumerism is something you hate. You, you know what I mean? You know don't what I'm be at? wasteful. That's the ultimate sure. statement. Or like, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what I'm saying is that like, uh, who are we to say? I don't want to put those limits. It may not be my thing. But I'm glad you're out there making it. Oh, my God. That's so true. I mean, that, that could be anything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Which, do I want someone with the bananas on a pedestal in here? Probably not. Mm -hmm. I'm in a small town. I mean, people, most people <laughs> I already are, have one fly. We don't need any more. Right. Hey, yes. That's intentional. That is art. Boof. Boof. Yeah, there you that's go. That's the art. That's the art installation. Yeah. One trapped fly yeah. instead of a ring of... Uh, peppermint. It's beautiful. It's breathtaking. <laughs> <laughs> um, haven't we all been that fly, really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, is it my thing? No. But am I glad it exists? Yes, is kind of my thing, if it's for the avant-garde. It totally makes sense, though, because, I mean, there's so much stuff that, I mean, I think about some of the art I've bought from artists that I've enjoyed that it's like this... Like, well, there was one artist, and this is going to sound weird. It was uh, Rob Schamberger. He was from Kansas City. I think he still lives there. But he was an artist that would paint professional wrestlers. And he got so good at it to the point where, like, professional wrestling companies would hire him right. to, like, come to their events and sell his art. And, like, what he started doing was, like, he would show up to an event and he would do, like, three quick sketches on, like, note card-sized pieces of paper. Mm -hmm. And they were just, like, pen-on-paper quick sketches, but, mm -hmm. and he would sell them for super cheap. And for some reason, I, like, there was a few of them that I liked so much, I was like, I'm buying these. And he's like, I was good friends with him. And he's like, dude, I'll, I'll paint you one. He's like, you don't have to pay me for this, like, little sketch I did. And I was like, for some reason, I like it, though. Right. You know, but, like, there was somebody that's like, why would you buy, like, you have these paintings of his, why would you buy a little sketch of his? And I was mm -hmm. like, I don't know. Right. I just liked it, you know? Right. And so that's exactly the same thing. Like, yeah. it's almost like the Picasso jokes. I think Picasso got into that later in life where he would just like doodle stuff and sell mm -hmm. it to try to like get by because he was in debt or something. I think that was the, the story of it all. And like, there's like Saturday Night Live sketches about it and stuff. So yeah. like, but there's people that are probably looking at it like that. Like he just like farted this out while he was right. eating a salad, right. at, like before he came to the show or whatever it happened to be. But it's like, 
I wanted it. Right. I bought it. Right. Well, there's something to be said for that um, spur of the moment kind of thing that if it's a planned out painting, you know, that takes hours and hours of work, it's a different thing than that thing that comes to him while he's eating a salad. Yeah. You know, so I get it. And there's value to that, you know, I mean, yeah. It comes back to that uh, moments of genius. And that's like the best and worst part about doing the podcast is like the setup process takes like 10 or 15 minutes and Mm -hmm. some of the best conversations come out during the setup process. It was good, yeah. It was was good. good. But we were talking about people have like flashes of genius Mm -hmm. and then when they see these people with flashes of genius, basically they think they extrapolate like this person had a brilliant idea, they're brilliant all the time and that might not be the case because these flashes of genius don't always happen. But like that could be one of those flashes of genius or those moments of inspiration where you don't know where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also kind of speaks to the fact of like, Today in society, there's like so much emphasis uh, in the social media realm for anybody that wants to do some sort of a business or be a personality to just create content. There always has to be content out there. And as an artist, it's not really that different, I guess. Uh, It depends on how you want to go about it. But like you can look at it like I have minimal content and it's all like ridiculously high quality. But like then you're still only have so much stuff out there for people to see. The other end of it would be work with different mediums, create a bunch of different content, and you never know who's going to like what because you're kind of just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. Right. But, like, that's one of those that where I think that concept works out really well because had he just stuck to painting large paintings, which I, like, I bought one, whatever, but, like, it's more accessible to buy this, you know, five or ten dollar yeah. small doodle that he's got than yeah. it is to buy a several hundred dollar big thing. So, and I had the money right in my pocket, and it's like, boom, I want mm-hmm. this thing. Had he never done that, I, he would have never got five bucks, you know, right. for me or anyone else that has been been buying these things. Yep. So, yep. And I get that, you know, um, sometimes <laughs> I will paint the big, you know, that's just big wall art, but it's a big thing that took me several hours. Or I will do like yesterday. I sat up here. I had a big a sheet, eighteen twenty four by twenty four sheet of watercolor paper, mixed media paper, and I did a big painting across the thing, knowing that I was then going to cut it up into twenty one little paintings. Um, mm. Um, that are accessible. They're, you know, 10 to 20 bucks. They're they're matted. They're ready to go into a frame because I want there to be accessible art here. Now, my paintings are pretty cheap. Like that one back on that wall is, you know, 250 bucks. I mean, Which is that's, cheap for how huge it is, honestly. Right, right. Um, it's three foot by four foot. That's dirt cheap, to be honest. But The thing a lot of non... Um, excuse me for just a second. The thing a lot of non-artists like don't understand is canvas isn't free. No, it's <laughs> and, expensive. And even if you're buying your own canvas and making your own frame and stretching it yourself, it's still not cheap. No. And then you double the amount of time because you got to build frames and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's honestly like very cheap for something like that. Just to buy a canvas that big wouldn't even be that cheap. So Right, right. Yeah, but I want it to be accessible, even those big ones. Mm-hmm. I want it, if someone loves it, I want them to, you know, go, okay, I could get something similar at Hobby Lobby or wherever oh, for rough. 60 bucks, Ugh. but I'm choosing this one for 250 because I you know, someone made it and you can walk up to it and you can feel the texture and you can see the layers that were put in. You talk to the person that made it. Yeah. They're local. You get their business card with it or whatever. Yeah. And I'm sure that, that, is that something that you might like try to do here? Like, let's say somebody comes in and wants to buy something off the wall instead of just like taking the money and paying the 
the person that made it and taking your commission and doing like whatever the back end business stuff is. Have you ever had anybody like come in to like buy something? Like, can I talk to the artist or like, you know, mm-hmm. say hi to him or something like that? Or I've been open two weeks, so not yet. Not but, yet. Um, I, I, I'm hoping that would be really cool. You know, I, I want that accessibility and I want people to come in and, and, you know, be like, hey, how do I get a hold of this artist? Or, mm-hmm. you know, I want to meet them. And I, I want that this to also be a space where we can do that kind of thing where, yep. you know, I can someone's got their art here and they can come in and you can you know meet them and buy right from them and talk about their process and talk about just life or whatever and then it connects you to that piece of art and then when you look at it you don't just see pretty you see oh I met that really cool chick that one time who explained to me what she did and how she did it and how she was feeling when she made it and Mm -hmm. I don't know I think that's um pretty rad yeah, much deeper backstory than just going to Hobby Lobby. And I know we're picking on Hobby Lobby, but like, uh, it's easy yeah. to pick on Hobby Lobby. It's the, it is. It's the Walmart of art stores. But, you bet. But at the same time, whatever, I've spent my money there too. So, But you know, it's so much better than just going there and just chucking them you know, a couple bucks and being like, I'll just take whatever crap you have that somebody else probably has hanging in their mm-hmm. house that looks exactly the same as my house because that's, house, that's how houses are built now yeah. too. But um, that's unfortunate, but it's the way it is. Anyways, yeah. uh, but it's so wild to think like, let me ask you this, and I'm just throwing this out there. Like, is that something that could be like accessible for somebody else to even like, like, is that something you could do at like a sip and whatever, teach somebody how to make a painting like that? I get that that one has much more blended and complex than anything, but it's, it still seems like a lot of work had to have gone into that. I think I could teach someone. The thing you have to realize is, you know, yeah. For sure. It's swipes of paint. I don't really use paintbrushes very often. I use a cheap as hell putty knife um, and I just do swipes of paint. So, yeah, of course I could teach someone to do that. You just have to know um, when it's done is the only thing. And that's something that I guess that's the other thing is like that other person's going to add their influence and that's what they're yeah. going to decide. And then they get to decide when it's done. I mean, but that's, I just look at art like that. It's like conceptually that does not seem difficult to make. But if you like gave me all of, if you didn't tell me how you did it and you just set all the stuff down in front of me, were like, these were the tools I used. It would look so, it would look so much different. (laughs) It'd be so bad. Maybe it wouldn't. Oh, oh, fair point. Fair point. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would be happy to show people, you know, I want to do a thing where, you know, you, you, people watch your process and, you know, Ooh. put it up on social media. I mean, there's a ton of that out there, but I do think there is, you really get to see, okay, what did they do there to make it, you know, whatever. And I even, I'll watch, I'll watch the damn things, the videos, you know, there'll be like a time lapse of someone doing a painting and I'll talk to it. Like I'm talking, like I'm, you know, watching a movie in the theater and I'm stressed out about what's going on. Like, no run dummy. I'll be like, stop, it's good enough. And they don't. And then it ends up even better. And I think (laughs) that difference between what we would do and what someone else would do is why art is like the coolest thing ever. There's no limit. Bob Ross, who I do quote a lot, um, would say that um, it's the only way you get to create a brand new, whole new reality. Mm -hmm. And whether that reality is just, you know, how the swipes of paint look together or whether it's a fantastic landscape that doesn't exist anywhere on earth and there is a color of flower that doesn't exist you get to do that and no one can tell you how to do that or why you do that or whatever you can people will try and you can ignore them i i do um but it's just total freedom and if i can help other people access that total freedom you know you can work your bs job all day and then still come home and have the exceptional yeah i I, like that yes not to like uh 
solely what you just said, but let's like take it to like a Billy Madison thing. Like <laughs> I, I drew a blue duck because I never seen a blue duck before. There's no I rules. To see a blue duck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy, guess what? You graduated. You know, that's, that's right. That's how it works. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I I'm good with that. To be honest, I mean, I I I kind of did want to see a blue duck. So good, you know, good on Adam Sandler for making one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's... Um, you know, you're, what you're not gonna get from me is like the snobbish perspective of you know that blue duck isn't art or it a a uh, lifelike realistic every detail is photorealistic thing is boring or whatever like i i think there's value to all of it and then you get to decide what's your thing and what isn't your thing you know if you don't like someone's art don't buy it but shut up oh my gosh <laughs> i've brought that concept up literally like the parallels between like what we're talking about here and like what we're talking about in the music scene is sure. is so close i've talked about that so many times like people make music that isn't for me that's that's the tom petty joke <laughs> ha 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 yeah. tom petty's music isn't for me everybody likes it i'm wrong whatever that's the joke right. but like i still get to choose what i like you get to choose what you like uh yukon cornelius uh Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, that super old movie. Mm -hmm. uh, listen, you eat what you like, and I'll eat what I like. Yep. You know, that's I love it. It's yep. like my favorite saying ever. I say it, and it doesn't seem like it fits, but it fits every oh, time. Oh, totally does. And that's, and that's the best thing about art is uh, you can create whatever you want, and then uh, on the other end is if you're enjoying art, you can like whatever you want. Yeah, you can consume whatever you like. And just, you know, don't don't be an asshole about it and yeah. be like, you know, I don't like it, therefore it's bad. That's That's stupid. I, me. It it took me until like my late twenties to finally realize like I don't like this because it probably wasn't made for me. Instead of being like yeah. I don't like this, this person's crap. Right. You know. Right. And that uh, comes back to the Tom Petty joke. I used to be like Tom Petty sucks. It's like well he doesn't suck. He just doesn't make music for me. Right. Like, right. Dude's made zillions of like platinum and gold records and stuff like whatever. Right. It's just right. not for me. And you know that's hard when you get into like. I'm 47, and so today's pop music bums me out. It's hard. It would be very easy for me to be like, this sucks, it's terrible, it's whatever. But do I want someone to come in and say that about my art? It's, it's not for me, therefore it must be terrible. And I, I, I don't, I don't want to go down that road. I don't want to pee on people's Cheerios at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> you leave my Cheerios alone and, you know, yeah. I'll leave your Cheerios alone. Exactly. I'm a honey nut Cheerio. You like them regular, whatever. That's fine, like, I'm not going to whiz on your honey nut Cheerios. Yes, that's fine. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think maybe that's something that's learned based on like, because I mean, nobody really did any of that to me. Nobody was ever like, you suck. You're like, your music you like sucks. Because well, you don't. You're awesome. Well, I mean, <laughs> but still, like, I don't know if it's one of those things where like out of nowhere, I just kind of realized it or like I finally realized the error of my ways or if mm -hmm. I saw other people doing it to other people and it made me realize like, I don't really want to do this anymore. Yeah. But like enabling positive feelings is so much better uh -huh. than uh, just negating people's, you know, like non-validating people's efforts, you know, and I feel like that's one of the most important things about a place like this. Uh, especially in a small town, like bigger towns, like you said, you can have those like all white walls. There's eight things painted on the walls. There's the avant-garde weird stuff. You can do that. But like in a small town, you kind of want to help people. And like mm -hmm. you have it like written outside, like art, art's for everyone. It, yeah. And why not? Like uh, it, it, you want to make a place that's positive for other people and enable people to continue making the art that they can make, even if it's not necessarily the art that you would make. Right. You know, and it's no different than music. Like, why wouldn't we want to enable people to make as much kinds of music as they, you know, nobody should ever make thrash metal. It's crap. It's, you know, that's like one of my favorite kinds I of music. I was going to say, but it, it's awesome. It's, but... my fa it's my favorite. But still, like, you know, like, 
why would you just eliminate like a whole genre of stuff? Like no more ska music ever. And it's just like <laughs> horns don't belong on stage. Like what? Like it yeah. just doesn't make any sense. So it doesn't make any sense that you would try to negate somebody that's mm-hmm. that's local in the same capacity. Exactly. I've got an artist in here who, um, without giving too much away, has got some significant um, disabilities and is very not confident in their art and very skittish around other people and all of that. And they brought in their art and, um, I, I'm so excited because the, the, the look of pride and of, you know, Oh my gosh, someone is validating me. Even if I didn't like it, it's still freaking amazing that, that experience. And in fact, you know, I, I bought a piece cause it just like, it just hit me right in the guts like this is someone that's grappling with so much and making something that makes them feel good why would I not want that around me you know why would I not let that speak to me Uh oh well I have some more over there if you'd like more coffee always more coffee yes um but you know why would I not want to nurture that you know why would I, I I I want people to have that that if you feel accepted nowhere else and seen nowhere else I, I see you, and it's really important to me. I've had a lot of times in my life where I felt out of place or too weird for my environment or whatever, and I just want people to know that they're valid and seen and worth being here and, you know, all of that. So um, it's kind of bigger than art, what I'm trying to do. I mean, it's based in art, but what I'm trying to do is give people something that they have within them, give you know, give them the gift of seeing it and of, of, of validating it, I guess. I think one of my favorite things about kind of what you're talking about, how you have somebody here that like, it might not be as confident or, you know, might not have all of the same abilities in life as everybody else or like whatever the concepts or like challenges might be, somebody might be facing confidence level, whatever. Like when I came in here, like everything in here looks like art. I don't know who made any of this stuff. I haven't looked at any of the the tags underneath stuff to get people's names and be like, figure everything out yet. Like, I haven't mm-hmm. spent enough time in here to look. So, literally everything in here, as I'm turning around sideways and stuff, looks like art. And I don't know, I don't know if somebody who made this was four feet tall or ten feet tall or four hundred pounds or ten pounds or mm-hmm. ten years old or sixty years old. I don't know any of this stuff. And that's the other cool thing is, yep. this is all. It all looks like art to me. Mm-hmm. Like everything sitting next to each other. It's, and I'm not like this one's better than that one or whatever, right. you know, uh, cause it's so hard to do that when something is, uh, not really, um, it's more subjective, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, a, it's not an objective thing. You can't just be like, this is good. This is bad. Yeah. It's all based on your opinion. So, yeah, I mean, to give each and every person an opportunity to express themselves, uh, regardless of what's going on in their life, it's kind of another fun thing. Cause like I said, like art, if you look at it as a whole, like that looks just as much like art as like the paintings on the wall over there, mm-hmm. the small ones look mm-hmm. just like, just like the big ones. That's not uh, a backdrop of something or nature or something that that looks like art. This one over here, that's flowers. That does not look like those ones that are flowers also looks like out the, the crocheting over here yep. looks like art. The earrings I saw back here earlier look like art. This stuff over here. That's very, very texturized. Looks like art. Everything mm-hmm. looks like art. Yeah. So, I mean, what I mean, it comes back down to like, what is art? What isn't art? Like, mm-hmm. and to not be confident about your abilities is kind of a weird thing. It's, it's a, super weird. It's definitely something in the music scene as well. It's come up recently on the podcast a few different times when I've talked to people. But like, do you ever 
I mean, I'm sure the answer is going to be yes because everyone goes through it. But like, are you ever nervous? Do you ever feel like I've been going? I personally have been going through this uh, this summer. You played. I've played so many shows in front of so many people, and it's like I don't know if I'm worthy to play this many shows. <laughs> Imposter syndrome. Yes, that's exactly what yeah. it is. So, what keeps you going through that? Because oh, a lot of us, like I said, a lot of us struggle with it. Yeah. But. Um, so funny story. Um, yeah, I, I, I grapple with imposter syndrome all the time. Um, you know, why, especially because it came to me so suddenly art, why do I get to do this? Why do people buy it? Like why, why I'm just a schmo. I don't know what I'm doing. I just, again, careen into things. Um, today I am teaching, I am facilitating a paint and sip for art teachers. And I'm like, I, I said to them, I'm like, oh my God, I'm I'm so nervous. And they're they're not judgy. They're not going to say, you're bad at this. They like my art. But I'm just like, why do, Why am I doing this? Why are they not teaching me? Why are they? And it's not really a thing you teach, this, this particular thing. It's just facilitating again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I have it all the time. And um, I think that's how it's part of appreciating that you get to do these things. Yes. Yeah. Enjoy the moment while it's there because yeah. it might not always be there. Yeah. You, you have the opportunity given to you. Not everyone gets the opportunity. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love the concept. It's like you said, it's not like they're it's not like they're paying money to come here to like tell you you're bad at art. You know, yeah. like they're if, especially if they're art teachers in some capacity, like those people are some of the most like enabling people yeah. out there. Because like, I mean, just like you and like what we've been talking about, they want to make sure like if you want to make this kind of art, that's great. Keep making it. Here's the tools you need to like go to the next level, mm-hmm. et cetera. You know, it's no different than like music teachers and things like that. A lot of them like try to enable you to go further in, you know, or any good teacher in any right. topic, honestly, right. which is yeah. tough, tough to have. Like. It is. But, you know, you get like for me who never took an art class, I always get worried that someone's going to be like and I've had people do it. You know, this is this is technically not right. And I'm like, yeah, you bet. But you know what? I like it. I don't care that it's not right. I tell you what, if I come to the point where I want to learn the right way to do it, I will knock on your door and you can tell me how to do it. But I'm okay with doing it wrong because it makes me happy. And, you know. Exactly. It's like you talked about earlier. Like you not having the professional training has allowed you to do things that other people would just be like, you're not allowed to do this. And it's like. Why the heck aren't you allowed to do this? It's like, you're not supposed to put purple and green next to each other. I'll tell you what, you know, right. it's a rule. They made it in like 1700. It's like somebody did it and they got ostracized. <laughs> you know, it's like, what kind of a rule is that? <laughs> Don't wear brown shoes with a black jacket. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Now it's like actually cool. So it's whatever. Those rules are there and meant to be broken. Yeah, exactly. You know, I could tell you had green socks on when you painted this and that's not allowed or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like just stupid stuff like that. It's so weird. Like yeah. I play in a punk band and I heard once that somebody like, we were playing a song, and the person like afterwards said something to the effect of like, "Man, they're playing a, a regressive chord pattern that's not allowed." And it's like, "Is it punk rock?" And he's like, "What are you talking about? Like all this stuff you is fast and rules on punk." Yeah, like you can't put rules on any it's of this the stuff. The whole point. Uh, and it, like everything in music, like everything that's ever been innovated, is because somebody broke a rule. So yeah. there's there's really there's rules, but there's not rules, and yeah. like they're made to be broken. And like yeah. you said, the same with fashion. If you want to, if you want to follow the rules, do it, but. Don't shit on me because I don't want to, and I actually don't know them. It's it's kind of handy when you don't, don't know, know the right them. way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I... There's a painting behind us that's um, you know dissonant colors. It's called Dance of Dissonance. It's that red one on the wall, mm-hmm. and um, it's the whole. That's people are always like, you paint with dissonant colors. You shouldn't do that because if you mix them together too much, they're going to turn brown. And I'm like, yeah, yep, I know. Um, 
I do actually know that because I've done brown about 50,000 times, but thank uh, you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm going to do it this way anyway because I like how they look together when it goes right. I know that when it goes wrong, it's going to go very, very wrong, but, you know, that's those are the days when the, the genius comes to you. Mm-hmm. That's the book I was talking about. It's called Big Magic. It's by Elizabeth Gilbert, and it's a very loving perspective on why it's okay to sometimes suck at things you love at and um, consider yourself good at. Yeah. Because you're not going to be good every day. And people who think that they can't do art because everything they do doesn't turn out right, um, you know, that only some things look the way that you intended to or whatever, it's, um, that's, that's everyone. Everyone has made some just ugly shit. Everyone. Picasso made ugly things, like, where he would have been like, Oh my God, like, Mm -hmm. nope, we're going to, we're going to paint over that. Um, and once you know that and internalize it, you can't just know it. You have to internalize the fact that sometimes you're going to make ugly brown things and that is okay. It opens up a whole new world of freedom to then make other stuff. And if I can get people through their fear of making something ugly and realize that, yeah, sometimes you're gonna, that's okay. Paint dries and you paint over it. And then it becomes texture. So yeah, I remember you saying that when I first came here, and I yeah. was just like, "What?" I, like that's another thing. It's like I never would have thought about that. I would just be like, "It's ruined, burn it." Like it's no good anymore. It's wrecked. It's, yep. But I did that in the beginning. I have to interrupt. There's a painting back here that I. It's a collage, and the under part of the the mixed media is actually failed paintings from when I first started painting and I thought they were ruined and I would take my putty knife and like thrash them, like stab into them oh, yeah. in a horribly angry and ill-advised action. Turns out I could have painted over But anyway, I put them as the base layer of this one back. Oh, I uh. moved it right back there. Oh, there you go. Um, the base layer of this painting is sort of a catharsis, you mm, know, yeah. that, um, and now I know that on top of that, you can make this incredibly brilliant thing, and and actually it makes a painting better if you've got that depth and that texture underneath. So every mistake is just texture to me now. That's awesome. I mean, it's a great way to think about it. And I, like I said, like it's I would you know painting with dissonant colors it turns brown. Everyone kind of understands that concept. That's ever tried to paint with anything that's like an actual like uh, like I just paint with a paintbrush. You yeah. know, like it just happens. Or if you're mixing watercolors and you're like, I want to make this color, and all of a mm-hmm. sudden just brown. Oh, you know, God. It just yeah. happens. Often. Uh, I'm horrible with, like, watercolors. I don't get how people paint with watercolors. It blows my mind. I'm not good. So, like, and I and I was just like, yeah, I would just think this is junk and just throw it away. However, for some reason, my brain went to that, but I've painted guitars. When you're talking about painting something, doesn't turn out. Yeah. Uh, I've painted guitars that, like, didn't work out, and then I just, like, repainted them. Right. So, like, I don't understand why, like, with a painting, I would just be like, garbage, throw it away. Right. You know? And yeah. that's the other thing a lot of people don't understand is, like... This, you know, my attachment to art is loose, uh, mm-hmm. but, like, I've painted guitars, and, like, the hydro-dipped blue one, the one everyone's seen, it was my profile picture forever, it's, like, all the three-finger Betty shows I play at, whatever, mm-hmm. first try, came out amazing, it was the first time I ever dipped anything, perfect. Yep. I've hydro-dipped guitars since then where it's, like, dip, looks like crap, sand it off, start over, yep. dip, looks like crap, and I've done that multiple times with guitars. Like, there was one that I recently did that was, like, splatter painted. It's all black, and it's splatter painted with, like, color-shifting paint, so it looks really cool and in different colors and Mm. different lights and stuff. But, like, uh, that one, it took me, like, three years to finally refinish because I painted it, like, I was going to go for, like, a neon sludgy kind of look first. And it looked pretty cool, but it, like, didn't, and I was like, I don't like it. So I redid that, like, three or four times. Mm -hmm. I painted it once. It looked good. And uh, 
eventually I was just like, I never clear coded it. I was like, I'm just going to redo it because right. whatever, you know. But I've done that with other guitars where it's like, I finished this and then something bad happens where like it tips over while it's drying or something. Have you, have you ever had anything like that happen to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like a big piece on the floor and my dog's like, yay, and walks on it. And oh. I'm like, well, that's kind of cool though, right? Yeah, true. I mean, you know, um, I don't know. At this point, I find it really hard to just assume that something is screwed and 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 irreparably fucked. I guess. That's, I mean, that is that the sign of the artist, honestly. Though, like, there's there something can be done with this. Maybe, but I think of it more as um, a, a sign of work that you're working through fear of failure, and that anybody can do. I just happen to do it through art, mm-hmm. but. Um, so no, I don't think so because that's one of the things I want to, I guess, not really teach but facilitate in people is that um, with anything, like I, I used to be cripping, cripplingly uh, afraid to fail at everything. And so I didn't take risks. Mm-hmm. And so art has been a pathway to now I, when I mess something up, I'm like, welp, and, you know, figure out a new way to do it or start over or whatever. And it just so happens, I don't, I don't know that that you know, sort of not worrying about failure anymore is a sign of an artist or someone who's just done, like, a lot of work on their issues, their own shit. Mm-hmm. Shadow work kind of stuff. And I, I do a lot of shadow work through art, so. Yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense. It's so good that you have a place like this on a local level because it's like we talked about. There's, in a bigger city, understandable. And, like, certain cities have, like, arts councils. And yeah. it's nothing against them because I've seen a lot of the arts councils in, like, a lot of the different cities. And some of them are doing better things than, than others. But, mm-hmm. like, I'm glad that a lot of cities have them. But, like, I feel like this is something that, like, most cities kind of should have in some capacity. You know, it just mm-hmm. seems like, especially in today's day and age, like, the downtowns are kind of, like, dying in cities. Like, this seems like the perfect thing to throw in every city yep. uh, that could um, – it seems like it could be sustainable in any city, honestly. There's artists in every city. Mm-hmm. Well, and so I used to be a Chamber of Commerce director until very recently, and one of the things that I could not let out of my mind was a shared storefront idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned about it through um, uh, Save Your Town, I think it's called. They're, they're local um, women who um, have that sort of thing where they talk about if you're in a small town and you can't afford rent on a building or can't afford to buy a building – that you band together a bunch of different folks and you share the cost of it. And in it, you get a unique, interesting, you know, kind of mix of products or art or whatever. And so that was my kind of thing where I felt like as a chamber director, I wasn't able to accomplish this. And this is like my, my, my chance to try to actively help revitalization of this community um, of this downtown sector by putting some skin in the game but not like all the skin because I have no money so Mm -hmm. in this way you know the artists give me 25% commission on the stuff that they have here when it sells and that keeps the lights on it keeps a a space for all of us and um, it's not you know all of the all of the overhead is not on me Mm -hmm. and also all of the success will not be on me it will be a shared thing and I think in small towns that's a nice way to get businesses in and thriving and helping with um, revitalizing that downtown downtown core, which is super important to me, um, 
So yeah, that's it's kind of that's that's the model that I'm using is any community can have a shared storefront where maybe you can't open a business on your own, but you get four or five people together that split the rent and suddenly there you go. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's awesome because you like you said you're doing that in some capacity where you're bringing in all these different artists and you're giving people the ability to like have a physical location to sell stuff instead of like, I mean, you can sell stuff online and things like that, but it's so tough to just like take a picture of a painting and then put it online and be like, this is what I have for sale. Yeah. But it, like that's what it looks like under perfect lighting with uh, camera filters yes. and things like that or whatever, or maybe no filters or whatever you happen to do to it. But like, like you said, it gives it gives you an opportunity to also kind of like partner up with other people from around the city like uh for example you're drinking coffee that's just from like right downtown over Mm -hmm. here too so like i think that's also really awesome because i'm drinking coffee that's also made by a musician that's like from uh a musician musician that's originally from like 15 miles yonder way or whatever Mm -hmm. you know so it's really not too far away and I, i those are some of my favorite things is like finding a way to join up with people that are in your community in some capacity or another and just kind of like lean on each other because you don't know who's going to come in here that would never step foot in uh said coffee shop you know and and you know you don't know who would ever go into the coffee shop that would never come into Mm -hmm. you know said art studio so like it's so fun when you have the ability to link up and get people to know each other and i feel like that's a concept that is like um it's not just networking as a human being, but it's networking as like a business or a musician or an artist or like whatever the capacity you want to do it in. But like that is a, a very beautiful thing that needs to get done more often. Well, in rural life, you can't accomplish things without it because there's not enough resources. That's very true. There's not enough foot traffic. There's not enough people. There's not enough everything out yeah. there. That make that just made me think of a weird concept. Like, have you ever? thought about or seen or whatever like imagine you know somebody that's like really good at painting like a certain like xyz type of thing and somebody else this is really good at painting like you know abc kind of thing have you ever had like or thought about having two people like push two of their paintings together where it's just like this person's really good at painting like you know sky and nature and stuff like or like whatever maybe we'll just say the sky and then this other person's really good at painting landscape and you you pretty much zip it in the middle and say this person painted the top half and this one painted the bottom and they might look a little bit different because they use slightly different mediums yeah. and one has more texture, but that's rad. I haven't thought about that, but that's really cool. I don't know why I just thought I just thought of that for some reason it just came to me. But well, you know, someone has thought, you know, people have brought up with my art. Um, have you ever thought about someone painting, you know, a person kind of in one of your paintings? And that's kind of the same sort of concept where and I, I'm not against it. I've never done it yet, but that doesn't mean that we couldn't. Yes. Okay. So like, uh, let's, let's, for everybody watching on Patreon in the background, there's a painting that I could definitely see that being used as a backdrop for like a school portrait picture or something like, you know, some sort of, so then you could like, like you said, you could have somebody paint over top of it. Not that Mm -hmm. that's what's going to happen, but like, that's the concept that you're talking about. So like, I could totally see that being a thing that could be done, which would be like, how wild would it be if you were like, commissioned by somebody to just make the backdrops for their paintings. You right. Know, like, so you have two artists that are constantly always working together on something, but this person needs your colored backdrops to paint their stuff on top of. You know, it could be a really interesting concept. I love that idea. I mean, I, would be down. I mean, that's... I, I think artists should combine a little bit more to do things that are like, you know, like that. But mm-hmm. like at the same time, I'm not much of an artist. I mean, quote unquote, I'm not much of an artist. Yeah, but, like, say, uh, but, but still, like it's I don't have the ability to like I'm not doing a lot of this stuff. I'm not creating this stuff on a consistent basis. So I don't have the ability to to do that. But you don't have the ability 
I, I would argue it's not that you don't have the ability, it's that you just haven't done it, but uh, continue. I don't have the time to do it. No, I don't know. <laughs> That's bullshit. Okay, <laughs> but still, I, I think about this kind of stuff, and it's really fun to conceptualize these things. Because there's no this is, comes back to there's no wrong ideas in art. Like, mm-hmm. just because nobody's doing this on a consistent basis in public and, like... That's innovation, baby. Doesn't mean that it's not doable. And maybe, like, maybe two people are listening to this, and they try it, and it turns out it looks like crap. Sorry, like I wasted everybody's time, but you tried and it, it yeah. didn't work. Or but maybe two people try it and it works out amazing. And right. Then they find some weird partnership. That works maybe it out. doesn't work the first time, but do it again. Uh, yeah, you know? I'll, I'll tell you what. If there's two people listening to this that are interested in it, swing down here. Yes. And and talk to Sarah and figure it out. I mean, yeah. like we could get two people in on this. Three people. Who cares? Like it might be something fun where this person's good at painting trees and that person's good at painting, you know, birds. So you have like a t- birds in a tree. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know. Whatever. I'm just throwing out crazy stuff. But. Yeah. Uh, that is the beauty of places like this that allows people a physical location to actually get together where I mean, like podcast is fun because people have, you know, a digital location to kind of sit down and listen to a conversation. But, um, I'm actually in your storefront right now. Yeah. I don't know if we actually said that at the beginning, but I am, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm here and it's a beautiful place, uh, behind me even, I guess behind us, if we're still watching on Patreon, there's, uh, a stage, like a little mini stage. Mm-hmm. It actually looks really, really cool. It's real kitschy. I mm-hmm. think that's the word. Is that the right word? Sure. Yeah, there's a lot of like little knickknacks and things up there. It's real kind of fun looking. Uh, there's a couple little old style chairs up there. You could easily plant a couple people with acoustics up there and play some nice quiet music to uh, some people sitting back here enjoying art or doing whatever, which mm-hmm. I believe you said that was possibly something you wanted to try yep i would like to have music in here sort of unplugged coffee house vibes i've sang from that stage and i mean in order to make um unique you're like a, a a sound that's orally good you would probably want a mic just to kind of even things out or whatever but i've sang from the stage without anything and you could definitely hear from back here mm-hmm. and so i thought well it's a nice small space maybe intimate shows um kind of unplugged situation i do want to do that but you have to have upfront money in order to pay the people, and I don't have that yet. Yep. So, um, but yeah, I would love to have music in here and dedicated shows. So I can I can customize this room to be an open event space. It can be an art space. It can have row seating. Um, I kept it very open so that, and I have tons of table and chair options so that we can set it up in any way that seems right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, while we could do music during people looking at art or whatever, we could also do a dedicated for instance, I could see Clint in here for sure. Yeah. Like, you know, he could just, man. Yeah, it, awesome. it would be a good fit for him for sure. I could yeah. even see him just sitting in one of those chairs playing. Yeah, or know? like talking about poetry or, you know, I, I would like to get one of his paintings in here too. But anyway, um, yeah, stuff like that. I want this to be a space where people can come. Like, I don't think we really have a place in this town anyway where um, people could do sort of the unplugged coffee house type vibe Um and and why not here? You know, yeah. I've got wine, I've got coffee. I'm not selling the coffee, but you know, I, yeah. I think that'd be really cool. But I just have to be able to pay the people for their efforts, and I can't do that yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the the tough thing. But hey, you know, if there's anybody looking for some exposure, or just looking for something to do on a Sunday afternoon to waste a couple hours just to talk to some people or whatever, you know, you want to try your first couple shows or something. I don't know, like send send Sarah some of your references. What do you got? Like send her some videos. Yeah. Like, hey, I want to I want to come over there and play for a couple hours on Sunday. You know, yeah, maybe we do an open mic. You or never a know. Jam. Ooh, ooh, or an a... open mic like might be a good concept too, though. Yeah. You know, because like could... a like a jam. I mean, I used to go to these ukulele jams in California where you'd just literally be. 
like, okay, they, they had like a, a projector that would have, you know, the, the music up there, the, the tabs or whatever, and then you can add your own thing to it and just kind of all play the same thing or, mm-hmm. you know, you lead your the people around you in a song. or I would love to have that here. That would oh, be it'd be awesome. so much fun. Yeah. I know that uh, Algona at one point in time, I don't know if they still do, but they used to have like a ukulele club. Nice. Like the guy that uh, owned the guitar shop up there would give lessons mm-hmm. and then just started like a ukulele club. And I think they would give like a concert every year. Oh, that's awesome. So I was, I belong to one of those in Sacramento. Nice. Um, and then I do teach beginning ukulele lessons right now. Nice. Um, yeah. But I, like, if you want to get good, I'm not, I'm not your person. Yeah. If you want to, I can I can get you started. I can start your orange. I always say start your orange. You know the part where you have oh, to yeah. dig through the peel. I can start I your orange, but if you want to get good, you're not going to be with me for very long. But I can teach you like what I wanted. The reason I play is because I sing, and I want to be able to play along with what I sing. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I digress. Like uh, if it's creative, bring it. Come here. We'll figure it out. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's I mean that's great for everyone to note. If you're in the North Central Iowa area. Um, or need a road trip. Yeah, swing over. You never know what's. You never know what could happen. Maybe you've got a couple of paintings you'd like to hang here. Uh, it's never never hurts to ask. Diversify. Try it out. You know, swing on over. Yeah. You could have a have some fun stuff hanging out here. You never know what could happen. Yeah. You know. The only thing I will say is don't bring anything overtly political. Or um, if it's got naked people, make it tasteful. I don't want like a big. Yeah, just giant boobies on the wall, or yeah. something like that. I, I often say Neat. like a big, a big, a big vagina on the wall. I, I, like if it's like a Georgia O'Keefe, Georgia O'Keefe, fine, yeah. but not just like an actually like anatomically correct with no artistic thing. Just like no, I don't. I, <laughs> there, there may be people that come in here that don't want to see that, and I have to respect that. And I also don't want politics overtly in here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, trust me, I totally get it. It's not much different than. Uh, I guess just generally music, like yeah, yeah. Uh, being offensive or like whatever is one thing, but just being like ludicrous is like a completely yeah. different thing. You, you know, you want to push the envelope, great, but like have I guess a reason for it yeah. instead of just like I'm just going to put a vagina up here because <laughs> because oh I gosh. can. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah. There's probably out there somebody saying like hands are hard to draw, but I'll tell you what, vaginas are even harder <laughs> to draw. So this is actually more artistic. I mean, you think you think drawing a face is hard? Eyeballs are hard to draw. <laughs> oh, tell you what, like or something like whatever. <laughs> I watch Bob Ross in order to go to sleep at night, and, uh, and Bob Ross like, never painted a vagina. That's ain't hard. <laughs> he started one the other day where Troy and I looked at each other and we're like, "Does that look like a vagina?" <laughs> like it looked. Oh my gosh! Anyway, it was. Um, I was like, Bob. Uh, <laughs> oh no! It's hilarious. Um, it ended up being a, a lovely forest landscape, but it definitely at first Troy and I were like, "Wow, that is really." Um, it was very correct. And that's actually probably a great thing to end on is Bob Ross. Yes. So like, I everyone has seen Bob Ross. Mm-hmm. How is this possible that there's one person who just painted? Literally, like, every day for an hour on TV mm-hmm. for, like, how many years? Mm-hmm. How many years? How many seasons of his show is there? Um, let's see. I think he started in, like, 82, 83, and his last were in, like, 93, 94. That's so like a good years. decade. Yeah, a Holy good decade. Yeah. But how – I mean, it's so wild that he's still relevant. Yeah. He's still in memes. I can tell There's you There's still why. T-shirts. Yeah. Everybody loves him. Yeah. Uh how? Like, what's 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 the appeal of it's, the Bob Ross? It's less about the paintings and more about how he makes you feel. Um, he constantly, when he's painting, is telling you, you can do it. Anybody can do this. You can create a whole new reality. You can, um, and, and he says nice things, and he's calming. And I almost feel like 
the power of Bob Ross isn't because not everybody wants to like would I go and buy uh, one of his because it was his probably but like overt landscape art isn't my what I want like it's not what excites me Mm -hmm. I guess it's not I get it. Yeah, yeah it's good, we, but we all, it's not we all have my preferences. thing. Yeah. Right, exactly. But I want that feeling that Bob Ross, you know, that calming voice, that reassuring. It's like Mister Rogers. It's it's very much the same thing. It's oh. it's that remains relevant over the years because it's speaking to human beings need to be accepted. That's true, and I mean, like like we were talking earlier, like art is such a touchy space mm-hmm. where, like, even if you are. Even if you're kind of being validated and kind of being accepted, you still might internally be like, I don't know about this. But hearing Bob Ross say like, oh, look at this. I messed up, but we're going to cover it up like this. So if you messed up, you can you can do it, too. And it's just like, ah, so reassuring to have him say that, you know, or to see that he's human and he made a mistake and he fixed it, you know, and it's. And that and everybody needs that calming presence that just says it's going to be okay. You know, everything that goes wrong can be fixed. It's okay. And, and, um, that's why I love Bob Ross. And I have a feeling that people may not have put a finger on why they want it. Like they'd be like, yeah, okay. That's a, that's an abstract or that's a landscape painting. Great. Um, but for me, it's this, it's that, that kindness and that acceptance. And, and, and I think that's why I'm so influenced by him is because I want to bring that same sort of Bob Ross, Mr. Rogers kind of vibe into the world if possible, even if it's on a smaller scale. Feel it, you know, be accepted. Feel that you're okay for being you and for messing up and or for not being great. I mean, whatever, whatever. I, I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great goal to have in your life and it's a great kind of thing to live by is just to be like, this person was positive. They had a great influence on me. Even though I never met them, it's still just something that I kind of want to attain to be. And I'm just going to try to put that out in the world in some capacity or then another, yeah. even though I may not have a TV show. Yeah. You know, big deal. You know, so, but I love that. I love that's That seems to be the place, like what you're trying to go for here. And you're just trying to give people uh, the ability and an avenue to kind of display their art and come in here and make art and be happy about art and, and positively influence people and encourage them to, to do more. Yeah. Or come in here and read a book about art or read a book about, I've got books on the shelves, I've got puzzles, I've got games. You can literally just come in here and hang out if it makes you feel good. And that's that's what I want to. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Uh, we've we've went over an hour. Cool. And this is a real easy, I mean, I'm, I'm not stuck to an hour, but is there anything we have not covered about what's going on here that uh, you would like to get out in the world? Um, just that... Um, you don't have to come here just to take a class. You don't have to come in here just to buy art. You can just come here because it's a place that feels good. Um, I just really want to reiterate that because in a small town you get, well, that's not my thing, so I'm not going to go in there. And I think it can be your thing. Just come in here and we'll, we'll figure out how your thing fits with my thing. and It'll be great. Yeah. Amazing. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, once again, Sarah Middleton, uh, Studio Soul, Eagle Grove, Iowa. I... I'm actually loving. I've I've lived in the area long enough. I'm loving how the downtown area in Eagle Grove is actually starting to look. Yeah. Because like you know, I'm not trying to say like every small town like in the '90s into the 2000s was like this is looking kind of rough down here. You know, yeah. every small town in Iowa was looking that way, and this one's starting to get real beautiful. So I yeah. I love what's going on here. Yeah. Come down, check it out. If you haven't been to Eagle Grove in a while, uh, you never know. You might find something you really like. We have vintage vinyl. We have um, retro and um, collectible stores. We've got a kind of cool mix of stuff. So, yeah, yeah come here and um, 
yeah, it'll be great. Absolutely. Uh, Sarah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank uh, you so much. We'll see you again next time. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll tell you what. Playing music has afforded me the opportunity to meet a lot of different people. And uh, Sarah's no different. Uh, like I said, I, I had initially met her. She was kind of helping run the Pork Tornado show in 2021 at the Eagle Grove Fairgrounds that are there. I guess it's the Wright County Fairgrounds. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, so I kind of met her through that and uh, somewhat kept in touch online and, you know, made Facebook friends out of it. And it's kind of crazy. Like I said in the intro, it came full circle. She opened up her own art place and art is for everyone. Uh, She said it in the episode. It's true. Uh, Art should be for everyone. Everyone can make art. Everyone does stuff with art. I, uh, I like to think of myself as kind of an artist, kind of, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, you know, from someone else's perspective, they'll say, yeah, man, you're making art. So rock and roll. Hey, I'll tell you what. It's really cool though. You should go check it out. There's stuff on every wall. There's still spaces to uh, put things up there. So if you're an artist looking for a place to hang some stuff, maybe hit her up. If you're in the area, go swing by, check it out, say hi. It's, it's a, like I said, it's a really nice place. It's uh, tons of fun. There's a tiny little stage up there that would be perfect for like a one or two person gig. Maybe like a one person solo coffee shop kind of kind of thing going on. Acoustic, maybe not even with, you know, maybe with a tiny little microphone and a tiny little speaker or something. Well, a regular size microphone, tiny speaker. But yeah, it, it would be a really fun place. So if anybody's looking for somewhere to uh, maybe stretch their wings out or if there's any guitarists out there that are also artists and you have a little bit of both hanging around. Maybe you uh, do a little display there and play some tunes there. I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing ideas out there. Hey, if you're looking for it, it's there. That's, uh, that's what this podcast is all about. It's helping people network and get together and, and learn from one another and, and kind of just use each other as resources to help accomplish awesome, awesome results. So, hey, uh, Sarah, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. We made a little meeting uh, at a time that was most convenient for both of us, which... It's not always easy to find time convenient for both me and the guests. So, Sarah, thank you very much for taking some time out of your day to sit down and talk with me. And thank you to the guests, all of them. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's great. You know, I, uh, I'm not trying to say my schedule's not. It's just not as easy as it used to be. I don't know what's going on. I've been thinking about it lately. I'm not even going to school anymore, and somehow I'm busier. So, whatever, I guess. It's just the way it is. Uh, thank you guys for being patient with me. I'm still trying my best to crank out an episode a week. And uh, I'm still, for the most part, on schedule to keep doing that. So... Keep tuning in each and every week. Listen to the new ones. Listen to the old ones. Listen to the people you know. Listen to the ones you don't know. And, uh, yeah, just reach out to some of these people. Tell them hi. Go check out the uh, links down below and click on them and click like and subscribe and share and follow and all the fun stuff. If you know someone that would like this space, definitely hit them up. Uh, also, if you know somebody that would like this, the podcast, maybe hit them up and tell them that we got this podcast going over here. Word of mouth is definitely the best. It still is. Uh, social media works wonders, but holy cow, word of mouth, it... It just does something. If you tell someone to their face, like, hey, I saw this thing. I thought of you. It was really neat. You should check it out. Most of the time, people are going to check it out. But if you just share something on Facebook, it kind of gets scrolled past a lot. So it's up to you guys. Uh, you know, share the podcast. Uh, I'm really into the guest idea. So, like, go to the guests' links. Just click like. Let's just rack up a bunch of likes on all the old guests, all the new guests, everyone going forward. If you have any interest in it, even remotely, just boom, click the link, click like, wham. We're going to help everyone out here, and we're all going to be heroes because of it. So um, once again, thanks to Sarah Middleton for taking time out of her day, sitting down talking with me, 
And uh, thank you all for listening. Go to audiblefarm.com. Find all the Audible Farm links, including links to the social medias, the YouTube channel where you can subscribe. If you're listening on YouTube right now, smash that subscribe button. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Otherwise, the Audible Farm shop hoodies are coming in. I uh, just need to wait for them to get shipped. So, hey, they're, they're on their way. I said it last week. They're on their way. It's a, it's a slow-moving process, mostly because of me. Uh, I don't think about things for like two or three days, and then I send a message out like, hey, I forgot about this, you know? So that's kind of how things have been going. And also, if you guys have been reaching out or if I've been trying to contact you and I don't reach out right away, I apologize. Uh, yeah, I'm not, not going to say I'm busy. Everyone's busy. It's just the way it goes. But uh, trying my best to be better about that. And, uh, hey, I'm going back through the, the messages that I got that of old guests that wanted to be on. I'm going to start messaging them back. I'm going to start messaging back the people that have messaged me in the last couple months of this summer to try to get them on the podcast. I know summer's winding down, the shows are winding down, and but uh, like I said, I've got some fun stuff coming up. I do also, right before I leave, want to uh, give a shout out to Coleman McAllister. He's been absolutely rocking it on his podcast. Gave me a shout out a couple weeks in a row, it seems like. Uh, you know, just about every, every once a month, I would say, I, he gives me a really nice shout out on the podcast. It, it seems like that. It might be less, it might be more. Uh, but still, I, uh, I really appreciate it, Coleman. If you guys are looking for that, he's been on the podcast before. And uh, Coleman McAllister, he's got the McAllister Hours podcast. It's uh, pretty much an open forum for artists, musicians, hip-hop artists, anybody really to kind of go over there and uh, discuss literally anything and everything that is on their mind, which is, uh, it's great. I think we need a platform like that. And like I said, I mean, he's had politicians on there to rappers to... Uh, independent artists to musicians to, I mean you name it he's had it's it's no holds barred no quarter hold no quarter hold no quarter you got it uh, it's a great podcast so go check it out go listen to his old episodes I've had him on here before Coleman McAllister it's tons of fun and I'm out of here peace